Hi, I'm Cam McConville. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. FBR is happy with the FG test. Both guys did a 23 at the end of the day, and they were both really happy with the car, so couldn't be happier. Davison is still coming to grips with his Commodore. I mean, it's just a very different car, and its strengths are in very, very different areas. And Steve Owen is hoping to convert test into enduro drives. For me, it's just an opportunity to do a few laps and see, see where we go from there. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on the 150th edition of the V8 Insiders. to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lambs. Which we find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with V8 Insiders. On Monday, the Victorian-based teams hit the track with FPR, showing their new car was not going to stop them from being a contender this season. Tim Edwards told the V8 Insiders that they were happy with the results from the two days of testing at Winton. I don't know if I'd say we had two days of testing. We had a brief shakedown last week, but yeah, today went fantastic. I mean, both cars pretty much ran faultlessly. Spent the day learning about the car, really, because you know there are some subtle differences with it, so we were just working through the range of adjustments just to sort of find our feet with a little bit. After problems during the factory shakedown run, Monday's test did not find any weak links in the failed Falcons. No, unfortunately we didn't break anything, so I'm sorry to disappoint you there, but, yeah, I mean, the car was, was really good, so I'm pleased. You know, it's been two years of hard work, you know, because it was, it was two years ago when we started this design project, you know, on behalf of all the Ford teams, so it's great to actually see the thing hit the track in anger now. James Courtney took the Triple Eight built Jim Beam racer to the top of the Queensland Raceway test day on a day where weather affected the smooth running. Courtney showed that he is happy with the move to the iconic team. At the Queensland test, Russell Ingall was the second fastest in the new look super cheap auto VE with Triple Eight's lead driver Craig Lowndes third fastest. But it was not a smooth day for Triple Eight. Roland Dane saying he still needs to get a handle on the E85 fuel. Wilson Security Racing's Fabian Coulthard was the fourth fastest with Jamie Winkup fifth, Stephen Johnson half a second slower than his new teammate, whilst main game debutants Irwin Tools, Alex Davison and Super Cheap Autos Tim Slade were both having impressive debuts. Will Davison finally got to debut his Commodore last Monday at Winton. He told the V8 Insiders that it was taking a little of getting used to. Um, I had to, certainly had to adjust my driving style um, to suit the car a little bit. But uh, in the second half of the day, um, really started to, uh, to sort of get the hang of it and really started to feel the, the potential in the car. Like, um, unless you drive the car correctly, you can't get the most out of it. But, you know, once I started adapting my style a little bit, um, yeah, the car felt 
felt really, really good. Like, I've still got a little bit to go. Like, still got to get my head around it a bit, but um, I can really feel the, the potential in the car, and it's pretty exciting. Davison's Walkinshaw performance teammate, David Reynolds, was happy that they had the Tuesday test session to help him get used to the Bundy Red Racer. You know, we're going to do a bit few race runs in that because I've never done more than, say, 40 laps at a time, so they're going to stick me in and just pound me around for a good long time and see how I fare after that. Give you a few pit stops in the middle? Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing, pit stop practices, and because I've never done a pit stop before and a few few starts and try the line locker and you know, everything like that. Jason Richards was also getting used to a new team. Team BOC spirit is something that he's enjoying, and he said the change has been good so far. And uh, you know, obviously to you know drive the Team BOC car, I mean it's um, Wilkinshaw performance obviously built, and and uh, you know I was keen to get my hands on one of those, and uh, now I've got one, and uh, so. Yeah, really looking forward to how it's going to go. Steve Owen, the Fujitsu champion, doesn't have a drive lined up for this year, so he's hoping that a strong performance when testing with HRT will secure him a drive in the Enduros. I mean, I'm obviously here to drive the cars and, and see how we go, but it, it's, um, it works well because I drove Will's car last year at, at Jim Beam Racing, obviously, and I can jump in his car and not have to adjust the belts. And So it's um, it was a sort of logical thing to do. Um, and fantastic team and obviously it's getting sort of fairly late to try and get a full-time thing so if I could do something with Enduros with these guys that'd be, that'd be ideal. Owen has suggested that the introduction of the VEs into the Fujitsu series may be one of the main reasons for many teams not nominating sooner for the development championship. Fortunately bringing the VEs into the Fujitsu series is has made it quite tough for a lot of guys to come back and I think that's probably one of the big reasons for the numbers dropping. Um, and it, I mean, it was, we had a lot of help to do the series last year and a lot, of, a lot of resources were stretched to do it and to win the series so convincingly and not have anything come of it. It's sort of pointless to try and do that again. So we'll work on something in the Enduros and, and um, see what happens. So after two days of testing in two states, the one thing we know is that no one's a sure thing when we get to round one at Clipsal in a week's time. In other news in brief, Howard Racing launched their Fujitsu campaign with Dave Russell in the top 10 at the Queensland Raceway Open Test, Russell ahead of many main game teams. Armour Oil has signed on for a further two years with V8 Supercars Australia and Grant Denyer will return to the development series in a BF Falcon powered by Dick Johnson Racing. And finally, it's the change to E85 and fuel stops becoming a necessity for all racings in the championship that I thought it was funny that none of the teams at Winton were simulating fuel stops during the practice. So, I asked Tim Edwards from FPR why. Because uh, we were banned from doing it today. So, oh. yeah. That's why I didn't Otherwise see it. the tower would have been here in anger, but um, I'm unfortunately we were banned from doing it. So, I think they want to have a, an interesting clip cell and, you know, everybody, their first initiation of the new towers will be um, under race conditions. Sounds like a risky way of running it. Uh, yep. Coming up later on the show, Lee Holsworth and Michael Caruso join me for a very funny and enjoyable white flag lap. But next, it's Brian Gunther and Grant Nicholas. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jack Perkins from Perkins Motorsport and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show from Speedsport New Zealand, it's none other than Grant Nicholas. Good evening, Grant. Good evening. And from Big Pond Sport here in Australia, it is Briar Gunther. Good evening, Briar. Hi, Craig. Guys, it has been an interesting week for all of us with testing going on in both parts of the country where V8s are based, Winton for the Victorian or Melbourne-based teams, and, of course, Wednesday up in Queensland, they had the testing for all the Queensland-based teams and, of course, Team Kiwi. And I guess one of the big questions coming into this week uh, was... Would Team Kiwi get to the qualifying session, Grant? And there's been so much talk about Team Kiwi right over the off-season. Um, oh, and unfortunately, none of it has been extremely positive. No, it hasn't been, Craig. There's been a court case in Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, a week and a half ago, and it turned out that the um, gentleman, David John, who had the franchise there, was declared bankrupt by um, the courts. And it turns out now that Team Kiwi's accountant, or his accountant, is now taken over to direct the team, which is great news because it is a fabulous team. It's got a lot of support in New Zealand, a lot of fans over there. And what they've done is organised themselves to get a Paul, Paul Morris Motorsport V Commodore this year. And uh, Johnny Reid, the ex-A1GP driver, who's got a lot of Formula One, sorry, open wheel on Formula One uh, GP, A1GP experience there, he's in the seat of the car very hard task for him it will be indeed and of course uh, when we look at getting the paul morris motorsport gear though that does show some promise because once again as last season showed and as in the testing has shown that those cars are a very competitive ve commodore yes paul morris motorsport built fabulous cars they're great customer cars and like this also they have reams of data and one of the things the strengths of this particular organization is when you buy a car or have a technical link with them, they just flow the information onto you and any changes that happen, anything like this, whether it be through Paul, Russell, Ingle or now their new driver, young Tim Slade, it just comes through to the customer cars and that's great news. Mm. Well, they'd like to be thought of, I guess, as the South Island New Zealand team. That, of course, is the Wilson Security Racing and Fabian Coulthard now in triple eight gear has got uh, it all in front of him because uh, this is probably the best prepared we have seen the the um, uh, Wilson security of Paul Cruikshank racing cars uh, in action. Yes, actually this team is really what you got, probably could call the Team Kiwi car. A lot of Kiwis in the, in the camp there. It's also it's owned by a Kiwi and that's great news. And uh, Fabian Coulthard is a great young driver. He did extremely well last year. He's the best rookie in the season and as far as our uh, privateers are concerned and did a great job there and it was great to see him come through on top but also they've got Michael Patrizia who's done uh, during testing today his 12th fastest and uh, putting in a very good performance in a new team and everything like this and also you must remember he's driving one of the older BF Commodores ah sorry Falcons and of course Briar we were down in Melbourne on Monday where we got to see the FG launching and uh, the factory FG looked good leading the uh, timesheet throughout all the qualifying sessions. 
Yeah, that's right, it did. Um, after they had a bit of a problem during their shakedown, it was just a minor one, an, an oil problem, um, but they came back, um, as Tim said, in anger on... Uh, on Monday, and yeah, they ended up posting. Um, well, Winterbottom posted the official fastest record or lap, I should say. Um, but FPR also says they actually posted faster ones than the official time of 124.1057. But um, it, the, apparently, the timing had crashed, so those um, figures of 123 laps were actually not recorded. But yeah, they did really well to um, beat uh, all of those Commodores that were there as well. And that was the real thing, wasn't it, uh, Grant? You had predominantly Victoria hosting the Commodore test section and and really Queensland hosting the Ford test session with the way that the uh, manufacturers are split. Yes, it is. It's just one of those things, the way the teams are split is like that. But uh, it's interesting to note there, you know, we had coming through as far as the leader of the Commodores was Will Davison. Now, this is the first time he's been into a Commodore, but in previous years he's been driving Dick John Racing into the Falcons and doing a great job there. And also a young... Um, Caruso, Michael Caruso, who was third fastest in one of the Gary Rogers cars. Now, Caruso is considered to be the number two driver in that team behind Lee Holdsworth. Lee Holdsworth was sixth fastest, but Caruso was third fastest. And it's just starting to show uh, everything's coming along nicely. But one of the things there is Ford Performance Racing has got Stephen Richards, the expat uh, Kiwi. And Stephen was just looking there, not so much for fast times, but just a solid performance to see how the car would go over different lengths of uh, drive time there, and they were very happy with the way the car performed, the way it looked after its tyres and also its braking. Briar, I thought one of the critical things of Monday was the fact that uh, Garth Dander didn't turn many laps at all. Yeah, no, he didn't do many, and um, he also didn't finish all that um, high in terms of the timing sheets. He finished ninth, so, um, yeah... I'm not exactly sure what was going on um, on there, but it might have just been so that they could um, keep everything and uh, come out all guns blazing at Clipsall. Well, they also had that test session on Tuesday, and when you ha when you speak into the drivers after the session, it was amazing. Out of the four Walkinshaw Performance cars, three of the drivers were complaining of back pain caused by the seat. I'd, I'd suggest that uh, Garth's seat's pretty well fixed and fitted, but uh, uh, both Dumbrell, uh, Will Davison and David Reynolds all were having seat mounting. Of course, one big thing this year, Briar, is they have moved the location of the seat in, a, uh, in an attempt to get uh, a bit more clearance between the side of the car for safety. Yeah, and I think, um, I'm not sure if they're actually one of the teams, but some of the teams are running um, new uh, seats as well. So that could be the case. I know HRT's running the new ones. Um, I'm not sure, though, whether Cali Racing is, but um, there have been a, a few problems with, um, well, they're trying to implement a, a control seat uh, for next year, but some of the teams are adopting them already. And I think there's also a bit of a problem um, just in regards to, I know one of the teams were trying uh, or testing their enduro drivers, and, and one of the drivers actually couldn't um, have a drive just purely because of seat position. They were too small, and there was a bit of concern about how much extra padding you could actually put in the seat. So, yeah, um, that may crop up to be a bit of a problem this year, just all, all the issues around the seats. It is interesting because I think that driver might have been another expat Kiwi there, Grant, in uh, Craig Baird. Yes, um, Craig actually uh, felt comfortable in the cars last year, you were saying, with the seating arrangements there, but this year's 
appeared to be a bit of concern there. Also, Craig's been used to in recent times. He's been racing in New Zealand as far as the Porsche is concerned, their Carrera Cup series. Feels very comfortable in that sort of uh, ambience there. But coming across these cars and with the changes for the new proposed regulations or mandatory uh, seat, bit of a problem. Mm. It's interesting times ahead, but, uh, gee, you'd, you'd hope that uh, by Clipsal time, all these little niggling problems are out of the way. I think one of the big things that's interesting to note is the Ford FG Falcon is the fastest at both tracks. Now, I know, Grant, you were saying that there was a bit of a weather issue up there in Queensland, so perhaps those Queensland teams are at a, a slight disadvantage where they didn't get a good, hard, full day's running. Well, the day uh, did run through a little bit later. There was rain midday there. They managed to get the four sessions uh, completed, which is great news there. And in the last session, we saw it was actually a bit of a forward march. We saw Jane, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes and the team Vodafone cars first and second there, followed by Russell Ingle. Really the find of the day also is uh, new to the series is Tim Slade, the Adelaide driver, then came through Shane Vianne Gisbergen, Fabian Gilthard, Alex Davison and uh, David Russell in the BF car, one of the Fujitsu cars, so they were the top eight in that fourth session, but overall in the day, as mentioned earlier, Jamie, James Courtney was the fastest in the Jim Bean racing car, so Dick Johnson had a lovely smile on his face this evening. Yeah, so I can bet you that is for sure. Briar, we had one sad piece of news, and that is that uh, as we, well, certainly when I got to the track, we were under red flag conditions at Winton on Monday, and uh, for Marcus Zakanovic, he's recovering in hospital after doing uh, quite a bit of damage to himself and, uh, well, his race car, but more importantly to himself on Monday. Yeah, that's right. I didn't actually get to talk to him on the test day, but um, we've spoken before, and he's um, from the western suburbs of Melbourne. So, um, you know, yeah, he's um, a really good bloke, and unfortunately he had a crash, and um, they think it was a stuck throttle, and he had no other option but to uh, to plant it into the wall. And um, the official injuries, I think, was um, a, a fractured uh, leg, but um, there's been suggestions that he's also managed to cop, I think it was a broken collarbone and a few other um, injuries and bruising. So, yeah, not good at all because, um, I mean, what, there's only a week till Clipsal, so, I mean, obviously he's not going to make it, which is a real shame. And that's been one of the problems this season for the Fujitsu Series. Their numbers are looking like they're a little bit down because uh, the economic times, Grant. Yeah, but one of the funny things is we uh, look like we might have 29 cars for the Fujitsus and uh, several of them are appearing now from New Zealand. Colin Corbury, previous in the V8 Ute, um, done extremely well with those in that series for the last two years. He signed up with Paul Morris Motorsport in the VZ Commodore there. Daniel Gaunt, he's gone with McElroy, um Racing and he's running BF Falcon there. So we've got a couple of newcomers coming across from New Zealand. So that's good for the series. Plus quite a few of the other locals over here managed to get budgets. And it was very pleasing to see that uh, everybody is getting behind this series and starting now to gain some momentum. 10 to 12 days ago it looked like people won't get to get budgets, but it's coming through extremely strong now. It has been very late, hasn't it, this Fujitsu series run? And I know speaking to Steve Owen, who was testing uh, for HRT on Monday there, Briar, he was saying that, you know, he can't find any budget to go racing Fujitsu's or main game. 
Yeah, and I find that a real shame. I mean, it was, you know, great that Tim, who was the uh, Privateer Cup champion, he managed to pick up a ride, and um, there are a few other Fujitsu Series drivers from last year who picked up main game drives this year, but I find it really sad that, um, you know, the, the Fujitsu Series champion can't find a drive, and it's purely because of budget. I mean, it's not because he's a crap driver or anything. It's quite the opposite. So, you know, I think that's a real shame. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with more in just a few moments. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Brian Gunther from Big Pond Sport and Grant Nicholas from Speedsport New Zealand joining us here. And we need to um, probably move on a little bit because with the test days, we finally got to see all the new combinations of teams and drivers out there on the circuit and of course you mentioned uh, Mr Reed in the Team Kiwi Racing outfit and hopefully he'll have a quicker transition to tin top racing than perhaps one other high profile move in the off season Grant and that of course is James Courtney well first day on the track he's got the result that they were hoping for but He's putting a lot of pressure on himself with headlines in newspapers saying, I have to win, otherwise it's uh, going to be a disaster. Well, James is sort of feels that though he's let himself down the last few seasons. He's come away and he's, in previous championships he's been winning races. He comes into this championship and uh, he hasn't come out with a round win and also gone to challenge for the championships. And that's one thing about a professional racing driver, especially the calibre. He's been up in the international scene, starting from karts. He's a world champion karts several times. He's moved through to England, been a champion there, gone across to his... Japan on one race there and extremely good there. He expects of himself to be winning races and uh, rounds and vying for the championship and that's why he's come out now and said look I've got to get up there, I've got to be on the top of the podium and I want to be up on the podium on numerous occasions and be fighting for the championship. That combination, Briar, is a critical one because Will Davison's move to HRT was such a high profile one and he was a new round winner that was leaving a team like Dick Johnson Racing or Jim Beam Racing, to be more correct, that was on the up and they looked like with their technical partnership with Triple Eight Racing, they were a team that was going to compete for round wins right throughout this season. Yeah, but I don't think that Will has uh, anything to worry about moving across to HRT. I mean, um, yes, it's... Dick Johnson Racing or Jim Beam Racing were getting the new FGs this year and all the new componentry, etc. But, I mean, you know, Holden Racing Team is such a, a proven um, team and, as he said afterwards, it, it was always his goal to drive for it. So I don't think it was sort of a case of, oh, well, I don't know if they're going to be any good or I'll jump um, to another team. I don't think that was it at all. But, um, I mean, judging by today's results with James, it looks like 
this year, um, you know, it looks like there should be um, some good results with um, Jim Beam Racing. What combination, Briar, first of all, do you think is the one that's really going to turn heads? Is that just out of Holden Racing Team and Jim Beam Racing? No, this or? is out of the grid. Oh, well. Oh, look, there's a few. Um, I think it would definitely have to be HRT, though. I mean, just in terms of, of them being one of the, if not the most popular team out there. Um, Will Davison being, you know, one of those upcoming drivers coming across. I think that probably they would turn heads, him and Garth, more than what um, what uh, James and, and Steve will do over at Jim Beam Racing. But that's my personal opinion. Grant, what team combination have you been happiest to see or have you been the most dumbfounded by? Well, I think the strongest is still uh, Craig Lowndes there and um, we're going to see Jamie Winkup. I think they're going to be the front runners once again. We've got to look at today, just up there in uh, testing today at the uh, Queensland Raceway and we see five of the top six cars come out of the Triple Eight garage there. They are the ones manufacturing construction by Triple Eight. James Courtney's driving up there with the Triple Eight cars, so is Stephen Richards and Stephen, uh, sorry, Stephen Johnson in the second of the Jim Bean cars and... Stephen was right up there in six fastest, and we see these cars running through there, Fabian Coolfather for the Triple Eight car. A lot of feedback, a lot of technical knowledge, and also data is going to flow between those particular drivers. So I think we'll see um, Craig and Jamie right up the top. They're also going to get the leading development equipment. I think chasing right on their tails is definitely going to be James Courtney and uh, dreaming along with him, Stephen Johnson. And I agree totally. We're going to see the HRTs, their cars there. Briars right, hit it right on the nose. Them and also flashes and pans of possibly the Kelly Racing Boys. That is a, a, a team that I'm watching with interest, Briar, because they have done a lot of work. Some people have said, no, they haven't built the four cars like they claim, but they've still done a lot of work from zero to having four cars on the track last Monday and uh, congratulations to all the boys they they honored their team in fact by uh, not having the uh, what is it red rooster paint job on the car uh, they actually went with thanking all the guys that got the cars on the track for them for sure they need a, a lot of credit towards what they've achieved over the off season um, my understanding is it's, it's true they haven't uh, built four brand new cars but Rick and Todd's are brand new that's why they could do the shakedown before the test on those two and um, and Dales and Jacks are, are from last year but um, I mean you know they even had like Rick and I think Dale as well who's a sign rider um, sticking the stickers on their own cars so I mean you know you've got to put your hands up to uh, and you know really commend all of the work that's gone in there and um, yeah on Monday they had a bit of a different livery on Dale's car um, I believe that's because they hadn't yet stitched up everything with the sponsors so they turn around and they put a bit of a thank you to all the team um, and that goes for everyone, all the crew and all that, um, you know, for all the hard work that they put in over the off season and it said thank you Kelly Racing Team and I believe it even had all the names of the crew uh, towards the back of the car on the side of the uh, the Commodore so yeah that was a And the rumour is it is it was Red Rooster that they are doing the negotiation with and that's an interesting partnership considering that KFC have certainly been a major backer of V8 supercars. Yeah, you've got your Zinger replays on, uh, on the tally, so, um, yeah, it'll be a, an interesting sort of clash, I guess, if, if there actually is one. But, yeah, my understanding is it will be Red Rooster, so 
Um, it'd be interesting to see another fast food outlet on board. Might have a bit of a battle of the chickens or something, I don't know. Mm. Well, we've gone from only a couple of one-car teams, Grant, in the, years, in the last few years, to now a multitude of one-car teams working with technical partnerships. Tony D'Alberto, of course, at Rod Nash Racing, is continuing on his program with Holden. But this year you have... Brightech Motorsport, a one-car team with, of course, Jason Bright and a um, Stone Brothers Racing Partnership. You have Team Kiwi still going it alone. And you have Marcus Marshall in the Team Inter-Racing car. And that's going to be an interesting one to see how that team has put themselves together because unlike a lot of other teams that have been out there in the public and everyone watching what's going on with their new team, i.e. Kelly Racing, or, of course, uh, you have the second Walkinshaw performance team. Team Inter Racing has been a lot more uh, quiet going about its business. Yes, there's a new team there based in uh, southern Queensland, and I think they do reasonably well there. They've just got to get everything together. It's going to be a lot of long uh, learning process for this team, and it'll really take them this year to shake it all down before they can start chasing for some, uh, what I believe top five to top ten results there but Marcus knows his way around, he's got a lot of experience with various teams there he knows the sport, he knows the tracks and everything like that, what he's got to do is get everybody in the team to gel, get them all together very similar to uh, what the NASCAR teams do and they work extremely hard with their crew chief getting it all together with the pit stops, the fuel stops we're going to have reintroduced this year so um, I think he'll do well though because he's got that triple eight uh, back and backing there as far as the technical liaison and also sourcing these cars from them. And uh, they've always been fast cars, those BF. Uh, a lot of people are going to be shaking down and trying different things with the FG Falcon, but he's got a proven product. And the same uh, side of the coin is, and that is Jason Bright. He's heading out with a BF. Uh, very reliable cars and out of the Stone Brothers camp there, and I think they could give everybody a big surprise, especially at the Clipsal. I'm thinking that Brightech is going to be one of those ones that could be in that even on the front row, because they have got Jason, who is a very experienced driver, and a notebook as, well, that's a NASCAR term, a notebook, you know, as thick as a, a holy Bible on what to do with the car under certain circumstances. And uh, I think that that team, if they're not on the front row, I'll be very surprised. And everyone else listening to this is just going, well, big call early, Craig. But uh, I just have this funny feeling. Although, the unluckiest colour you could ever paint a car has Jason Bright gone with this year, Brian. Green is, in my opinion, not the best look. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's in my favourite cars either. <laughs> it's just a bit too bright. Although, you know, the upside, as people have been saying, is at least you'll be able to see him on the track. Um, look, I sort of had that feeling as well, to be honest, um, with you earlier, uh, in that you know he would be doing really well and, and could even be front front row of the grid from Clipsville even. Um, but just looking at his his results from today, um, he was only 11th, I'm going to say only 11th out of 18th, um, which, you know, I mean, he could have pulled out a, a better one. So, look, I, I wasn't there, so there may have been something that sort of hampered his um, his timings today. But, um, yeah, he was a good second plus off the pace. So um, I'd have to disagree with you at this point in time. All right, then. We need to take a break here on the Vat Insiders, and we'll be back with plenty more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Dean Canto. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. As Grant Nicholas and Briar Gunther join me, Craig Ravel, and we're looking at Adelaide. It's not far away now. I, I think we all had our appetites whetted by the testing this week, and we realised that our lazy summer, well, perhaps for some, is definitely over because it's hard work now till December when we see the first ever Sydney 400 to conclude this season. Adelaide is always an interesting event. But as I said to Tim Edwards, it is also a crapshoot as well because so easily, Grant, you can be caught up in someone else's accident, as Frosty found out last year. Yes, um, you know, we had three leading cars, Falcons I'm talking about, taken out on that one particular incident. Also, what's going to bring it into, and it's a bit of a wild card this year, is where you qualify for a race, for that opening race on Saturday, you still start in that particular grid position for Sunday. A lot of uh, teams are now questioning whether this is the correct decision, and talking to some of the drivers, uh, they're rather concerned about it. I can understand that too, Briar. It is... Well, an interesting one if you screw up qualifying, you're starting off the back of the grid Saturday and Sunday for 2009. Oh, definitely. And, you know, for a track like Adelaide, um, it just doesn't seem fair, I guess. Uh, if I was a driver, I wouldn't be happy at all, um, particularly about Adelaide. I mean, Adelaide always throws up a different result to what the rest of the year panned out to be and you throw in that extra variable of, of the way the qualifying is going and I, I think it's going to be um, very unpredictable. It is indeed. So when we look at uh, Adelaide, we do have a modification too to the circuit and we see that probably going to also have a bit of a, um, a change in the way drivers are going to be attacking the uh, very famous Turn 8. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to slow them. Well, it's going to slow them down a lot. So um, that will just throw yet again just another variable into the mix. So hopefully, it will make it safer, though. That's I mean the main concern, of course, and, and the reason why it was it was changed. So fingers crossed, we don't have any really big smashes around that part of the track this year. Grant, do you think the change to the track is going to make a big difference on how the drivers approach it? I certainly will. Yeah, it's a lot safer, as Brian just mentioned. That's the most major thing about it and that's why we're going to this particular reason for the change there but also I think it's going to bring a little bit of frustration because some of the drivers are saying and they haven't been to the track and walked at the moment so we won't know this really until next Thursday when they walk around the track have a good close look at it but they're saying it could be a bit of a bottleneck there on this particular part of the track there so it's going to be interesting to just see what happens there maybe it may bring in an extra passing move we don't know until we actually get over there and see the cars sliding around Mm. Now, when we do look at the Adelaide race, of course, it's it's always an event. And I was interested to see this week, and I'm interested in getting you guys' uh, thoughts on Adelaide. It's got bigger and bigger and bigger. This year, even more grandstands. They've covered them. And in a, uh, in a report that I've seen this week, Melbourne Grand Prix is cutting back on its seating. It's, it's amazing how the dynamics of these two events uh, seem to be going in opposite directions, Grant. 
Yes, it is. And one of the things about Adelaide, it really is uh, close into the city. You can just walk to the track and everything like this. And But you said the whole thing. It is an event. It is a major uh, sporting event for the whole of Adelaide, or for South Australia, I should say. Whereas one of the things that you're seeing in Melbourne, they have so many international events, whether it be sporting, entertainment, or like this. And it's just the Grand Prix is just one of those lineups. So this year, I believe there has been a cutback as far as the grandstand areas and everything like this. But let's talk about Adelaide. That's the one we're looking at. It is a great sporting event. They've put in a lot more shades over there for the. Um, Spectators and the long-range forecast is at the moment we're going to see extremely hot conditions over there. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Some of the guys were saying to them, let's hope that a cyclone comes in on the west coast and they get a bit of water or a bit of a cool spell over there. But at the present time, the long-range forecast is for hot weather, and uh, I think we're going to see some very close, exciting racing. The thing about the hot weather, of course, is that being the first race of the year so demanding and hot it puts so much extra strain on the drivers and i know uh, Brian on monday we were speaking with uh, david reynolds and he's saying it's the first time he's ever worn a cool suit and on top of that he's never had to drive more than you know a hundred kilometers in the race car before and he's faced with the hottest hardest race of the year and 250 kilometers on the first time out yeah, that's right. What a what a way to, to start your V8 career. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it all comes down to the calendar, and I think it's my understanding is it's to do with Adelaide. Is that right? Uh, as in the, the state government and everything, and, and and it not clashing with other events. But you look at sort of like what Winton's um, in in May, and and even Tasmania is in the middle of the year when it's, when it's bloody freezing. So. Um, I don't know, maybe could we look at a bit of a change of a date to Clipsal? Could I put it out there? But, um, look, it's going to be really hard on, on the drivers. Even Tim Slater will be the same for Tim, um, who's a, a regular Fujitsu Series driver stepping up to the main game this year. Uh, it'll be a fair whack on them and on their bodies. So, um, and as James Courtney displayed a few years ago when he had a, a bit of a meltdown in the car. I mean, it gets um, really, really hot in those cars on a normal day, let alone when it's a, a 40-odd degree day. When you look at the podium last year, it was Wing Cup Holsworth McConville. Is anyone that brave to think that they would say there'd be a Brad Jane Racing car and a Gary Rogers Motorsport car on the podium this time round? Grant? I definitely think there could be. Uh, Jason Richards, I'd be tipping, could give everything a big shake. He's now moved away from Spink Barrett Racing. It's the first time he's gone out in uh, what we call an ex-factory car or a factory and it's got a technical alliance with the factory still there, so I think we could see Jason right up there again. Also, Cameron seems to pace himself well over long-distance races. He did well when he raced back in the Porsche days and everything like this, so we could see him coming through once again and being up there back on the podium. Yeah, it, it is an interesting one, and, of course, people who are listening in the news heard from Jason Richards, who was absolutely thrilled to get his hands onto some Walkinshaw performance equipment, bra. Yeah, that's right. I mean, a, a huge change for Jason there. So, um, yeah, and he didn't do too bad at the test day and, and everything looks to be going well for him. However, I would um, be swaying more towards um, Lee Holdsworth making a podium rather than him, given the fact that it is a change of, of machinery and, and, and whatever else. So that would be uh, the way I would go.
All right. It's perfect you mentioned Lee Holsworth there because in our white flag lap this week, we have another mini round table, and it's Lee Holsworth and Michael Caruso. It's one not to be missed. Those two guys are characters. And when we're in a sport screaming out for personalities, these two young fellas have got plenty of it, and that's our white flag lap, Holsworth and Caruso, or as they call him, Robbo, and uh, Lethal is the uh, official nicknames. So I hope that. But uh, Grant, finally, put your uh, money on the line. Who's going to win Clipsal and who's going to win the championship? I'd go uh, for the Clipsal. I'm looking at uh, Mark Winterbottom and right up next to him, Stephen Richards. I'm very impressed with these two guys. They've been up in Queensland in the Gold Coast hinterland working during the off-season in the last couple of weeks there, getting their fitness up and the humidity and everything like that. They feel tip-top. I think Ford Performance Racing can bring everything together. They're right on the pace, they put the pressure on each other and usually only covered by uh, 0.1 or 0.2 of a second so very close there and um, running for the series I'd look at uh, Mark Winterbottom possibly with Garth Gander all right, an interesting combination there Ford and Holden at the end of the series fighting it out, that's exactly well, actually yeah. well that is Ford and Holden, I was thinking for a moment there because we do have those hogsters that are turning up uh, on the racetrack too, Briar, what about you? Um, I'm going to say James Courtney for the win at Clipsal. And in terms of the championship, I think it's going to be Gus Tander, um, purely because he beat himself up pretty pretty hard last year when he uh, well, the championship slipped out of his hands. So I reckon he'll be back and um, ready to, to win another one in 2009. Mm. Interesting thoughts there. Guys, pleasure to catch up with you both. And I look forward to seeing you at Clipsal, where of course we will have brand new media facilities to enjoy the racing from. That's uh, something I think everyone who goes to Clipsal covering in the event is looking forward to as well. Absolutely. Grant, thanks very much for your time this evening. Thank you very much once again, Craig. And to Briar, well, we look forward to catching up with you. Of course, more stories on Big Pond at the moment, which everyone can enjoy. Thanks very much, Craig. And Grant, uh, for people who want to get speed sport to New Zealand here in Australia, how can they do that? Uh, it's not available in Australia. Uh, there's some agreement uh, which is not working correctly uh, between New Zealand and Australia, and they just don't come out here, unfortunately. Oh, really? I never realised that uh, we had a, a restriction of trade like that before. <laughs> Grant, look forward to catching up with you at Clipsal. Lee Holsworth and... Michael Caruso are up next on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Mike Crusoe and Lee Holsworth out here at Winton Motor Raceway, and both of you guys had uh, interesting days getting some good laps in. Firstly to you, Michael, because I, I think at some stage you were in front of your teammate here. Um, yeah, we probably, we had a plan today. I mean, obviously i got a brand new car, so um, we just wanted to run through some things and we weren't, I mean, we've never really been focused on times just because we didn't have the tyres today to to probably set a time, but we focused on, you know, going through changes and, um, you know, getting used to my new car and 
you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, if it's, um, if, if I can go quicker and make a benefit for the team, it's going to help Lee out as well. Well, Lee, that's the question now, because you don't have the rookie that's uh, trying to glean all your secrets. You've now got a sophomore, second-year driver. You've got three years' experience from memory at least, and uh, what's it going to mean that both your data is going to be able to input into the team? Oh, this this year, I think, with Rob with Robbo um, being in his second full-time year, I think um, that's going to be a huge help to me and the team. Um, you know, we, we work well together. We don't sh- don't hold any secrets from each other, so share information, and, and when he finds a gain, um, we can put it into my car and, and uh, vice versa. So I think you'll find the team moving forward this year, and, uh, and Michael's in equal equal gear now, so... Um, you know, it'll it'll help with the strategy as well. It's also interesting because you guys make a big jump up pit lane with a, a few of the rule changes and team changes over the year. Is that a big help, Michael, when you're going to have so many pit stops throughout the races? Um, I think it it probably will help us slightly. I mean, and but you know, it can always be be a bit of a bad thing. You know, when you're at the the front of the pits and obviously the the guys in front of you are running at the front of the field as well. So. Um, you know, if everyone pits at the same time, it's not so good. But if you choose to pit on your own, it's, um, it tends to be a really good thing. So we'll just have to see how it goes. I mean, there's so many rule changes, I can't keep up with them. They keep changing them. And, um, I mean, you just, yeah, I think I'll just wait till Thursday, sit down and read them, and then, you know, we'll know what we're doing. Lee, what about the engines? With the new E85 ethanol, did you notice much of a difference? Yeah, we did to begin with, and we had to make a few changes to, um, you know, to, to improve what we had. Um, but in the end, it's it's ended up being fairly similar to how we, what we had before. All right, now to both of you, which Valvoline Cummins car is going to be in the front after qualifying Adelaide? It'll be 33 or 34. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're hoping to have 33, 34 on the front row, and um, uh, as long as I'm on the front row. It'll be just first to the uh, whoever gets first to the corn the first corner. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter who qualifies, Paul. I'm, I want to go and win the race. You agreeing to that? First into the first corner gets to uh, hold the uh, hold the deer flag at the end. Uh, well, I mean, it won't be no McLaren deal going on, but I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Like Lee said, if we can um, start off from the front row and. Hopefully Gary can change all those photos he's got at his workshop with um, Tander and Bargs on the front row. <laughs> you might start selling a bit of um, Michael Caruso and Lee Holdsworth gear. <laughs> he's still selling Bargwana and Tander gear. <laughs> well, guys, we look forward to seeing you both at Adelaide. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. My thanks to Lethal and Robbo, also to Briar Gunther and Grant Nicholas. We know that you have loved the V8 Insiders over the past 150 shows, and I must thank all the people who over the past almost three years have given their time to help make this one of the most unique V8 supercar programs available. Next week, as we get set for a new season, we are making a few changes to the show, which I am sure you will love. Before you join us then, well, this weekend, we will present all the Winton interviews in full on an Insiders Extra. You should not miss it. As the checkered flag waves over this 150th edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.